Hello, my friends, and welcome into this week's episode of Forte Catholic. I'm so glad that you are here, that you're going to hang out with us for about an hour today. Today, I'm joined by our co-host, Catherine Whitaker, and we have a great conversation. Uh, I share a little bit about uh, the weekend that I had home with my kids as my wife was away. We talked about uh, Catherine's weekend, and the theme of both of our weekends was change. So we talk a little bit about how, yes, change can be hard, but it's also necessary for our spiritual experience, for our human experience. We also talk about uh, shame. There was a situation uh, here in my life pretty recently that uh, someone was being shamed, and it brought me a lot of anger, <laughs> if I'm being honest. And uh, so Catherine and I talk a lot about shame and how it really doesn't have a place in the Christian life, and there may or may not be tears involved. And I may or may not be the culprit of those tears, but it's probably not what you're thinking. I know what you're all thinking. It wasn't me, but it was, but not in the normal way. We have a great conversation, and I hope that you enjoy it. If you do, please hit subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. Enjoy today's show. Hello there, and welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and that is Catherine Whitaker. Hello, Miss Whitaker. Howdy. Oh, just call me Catherine. Miss Whitaker makes me feel like my kids are talking to me. Well, am I closer to your age or your kids' age? <laughs> hey, listen, don't make that. What I'm saying is, don't make me feel old, Taylor. <laughs> no, now I want to do the math. So, no. how, old is, how old is your oldest? He is 22. 22. So I am 11 years older than him. I'm I'm 33. Am I 11 years younger than you, or more? You're more than 11 years younger. Okay, I'm closer to your kids than you. <laughs> really glad we started off the podcast that way. Welcome Appreciate to the show. I, I have uh, the irony of how we were supposed to start is uh, I have a I have a compliment for you, which is not, not what happened. <laughs> All right, well, let's go back to that. Let's like rewind. Okay, start it over. What were uh, you going to say? My, my mind is actually blown. Like, it, it's actually blown that that's the case. But anyway, um, so... Our last episode that we did, uh, we talked about Johnny Menzel and our our, ver- our differing uh, views on him. And let's just say you you were coming from the more kind and forgiving and and loving perspective. So I thought I was going to get like reamed over the coals by like listeners of the show. And I had a few people that are like like my friends that are listeners of the show who were like, hey, you know, that was actually really good. I liked that it was like a balanced and kind of nuanced conversation. Um, and like even like people who went to Texas A&M like weren't mad at me, which I was surprised by. But uh, so I was surprised by my own people being nice to me because that never happens. But the pleasant surprise was you have the nicest followers in the world. So like. Of all of the the co-hosts, like I, I've I've thought about it a lot over the last month. Like Father Anthony and I, like we run in a lot of the similar circles online. So like, you know, they don't like his people are your people. Yeah, ex- exactly right. <laughs> Allison's people are can also be very nice, but they're also like Allison. Like they get really fiery and passionate about stuff. You know, uh, just just like Allison does. So it can be hit or miss whether they like me or hate me. You know. Uh, who knows who lives people are, you know, like we, we don't know, but your people are the nicest people in the world. I have multiple people who I've never met, never talked to. And a lot of them that I've never really interacted with, but that listened to our episode together came into my DMS and were just saying incredibly nice things. And I was Aww. so pleasantly surprised. It was awesome. That makes me happy to hear, you know, um, I'll often say sometimes I'll do like a palate cleanser post on Instagram because I'm like, listen, if if we can't agree on this or if you like you can't be open minded about that, maybe I'm not the person for you. Like I'm not everybody's glass of sweet tea. So um, but I'm always grateful that they stick around because I find that it sort of creates this culture that we are open and that we are respectful even when we disagree. And I don't think I I don't think I intentionally tried to do that. I think it just sort of happened, but they're so great. And and also they remind me, I mean, there's times that I'll get DMs. We all get DMs that are not nice, but the ones that are, I think, fraternally correct and meaning like, hey, when you said this, it made me feel this. I just wanted you to know, not like, you know how people come into your DMs and they're all like, you're a horrible person. Yeah, but yeah, they're yeah not I do like know that. that. Yeah. <laughs> 
but there's just a lot full. And I really, I love that community, especially on, on the Instagrams. They're so nice. Yeah, they really are. And that's, that's where most of it was, was Instagram. There's a, there was a few on YouTube too, that like found the show on YouTube. It was just so nice, especially because I, I talked about it on, on an episode uh, a, a couple weeks ago, but like the timing of it actually ended up being like your people, like your followers that came and listened to this show because of your posting about it and that sort of stuff. Um, came at a great time because I've never been called fat and old more in a week than I was on Instagram and YouTube that week. Like for whatever mm. reason, everybody just decided we're going to call this guy fatty for the, like I, I deleted, like, I mean, probably 20 comments in the course of seven days calling me either fat or old. And I was like, uh, I was like doing it once or twice. It's like, okay, just chalk it up to being on the internet. That's fine. But I'm like, this is a theme. Like we're running a theme now on what my mm. comments are this week. So your people just being kind was really helpful. And I appreciate it. You know, our words matter. Um, I was reminded of that recently. And sometimes we blow them off. Like we're like, oh, well, I don't need to say that. Or if I say it this way, they just need to get over it. But I'm reminded like, how do I speak to my kids? How do I speak to people that I love? But how am I speaking to people that I don't love or that I disagree with? And I remember my dad used to tell me, and this was long before the internet existed. He said, if you're not willing to say it to their face, then you shouldn't be saying it. Like, don't put it in writing because it's it's just not, it's not kind. And I've thought about that a lot, particularly as we move into like this digital age. Am, w- would I say that to them? And if I wouldn't, how would I phrase it differently but still get the message across? And it requires reflection and it requires pausing all things, which I sometimes don't like to do, but it's a lesson in humility. I'll say that. So I'm sorry that that actually makes me really angry that someone would, Maybe let's just say it was a Russian bot. Can we just say that? But I I, I wish we could. I really wish I'm we could. Because like sorry, I, mean, I, I, I get them every, I get them periodically, and it's just like okay, whatever, right? But it was just like it's like they formed a group, you know? You're like let, let's go get this fat guy. Let's go let's go attack Aww. him. Make him feel bad about himself. Uh, Block I mean, him, like, Taylor. <laughs> I, well, I do, but <laughs> after the twentieth, it one, still it hurts. Yeah, it still hurts. So, uh, but I, I like what you said because, you know, it does take some humility and we and we all make mistakes like, you know, maybe yep. starting a podcast with the idea of like, hey, you're going to compliment somebody and then immediately calling them old. Like, you know, we all make mistakes. <laughs> we do. It's OK. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, change today because apparently I need to change and so does everybody else. So uh, we're going to do that by talking about uh, uh, my, my this past weekend. So. Uh, there's a lot of times where either positively or negatively, you don't notice change until a large passage of cha- large a large passage of passage of time, and it's only because an event happens that you realize it, right? So, like, right. uh, we were you know we were kind of joking about the me being called chubby thing, but like you know I didn't notice how much weight I had gained during COVID until like quote unquote after COVID was over. You know, like when we started going back to our normal lives, I'm like, oh, we're going back to our normal lives, but like with 20 extra pounds, you know, like I didn't really notice it. I I didn't notice myself Mm -hmm. gaining a pound every week, but I, you know, until 20 weeks later or whatever. Right. Um, But also um, like positive change. I don't notice until like an event happens. Right. So the event that happened this past weekend was that my wife went out of town for the weekend, which hasn't happened too often. I, I four or five times, like we're somewhere around there where like I've been responsible for the kids for an entire weekend since we've had them. Like, you know, like so the change that I noticed was that the weekend went so much better than the past ones have gone. Cause you know, our typical weekend when my wife is gone is we're just all slobs. There's nobody here to tell us to not be a slob. So we're all playing video games all day. Watch, you know, watching shows all day. We're eating out every single meal. Uh, we're having a party. We're like having a frat party, but it's, I was going to say, it sounds old. like animal house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bunch of little kids at a frat party. Right. right? Uh, but this past weekend we had like a productive weekend and a fun weekend and we accomplished things. And I do not understand what happened because I didn't notice like a change in me or my kids or like my parenting or their maturity. I didn't really notice it because I live here. (laughs) Like I'm here all day, every day. But in contrast to the last time my wife uh, left for the weekend was probably about a year ago or so. Oh no. 
It's probably about six months ago. It's like, oh, like we've we've improved, we've changed, and we didn't notice it. So like, there, there's the negative side of like you don't see change until over time, but there's also the positive side of like, oh, we we did great. It was it was a great weekend, and, and we were all just kind of we were all very happy. Well, your kids are older, Taylor. I mean, and sometimes we think, oh, well, it's not going to be better for five more years or 10 more years. But sometimes they make a leap pretty. It's sort of like when they're babies and they have these developmental milestones. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, when did they start stringing three words together? It sort of happens overnight. Right. <laughs> I think sometimes in parenting, you sort of take a leapfrog ahead and you've got enough experience and wisdom as a parent. And then they figured out more or less the kid part. And when you put those two together and you have a situation where like one spouse leaves and you look around and you're like, I think we might be decent at this. Right. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like a glimmer of hope, particularly on the days that are just like in the gutter and you're like, I'm the worst parent ever. No one likes me. Like all the performance reviews of my children say that I'm terrible. <laughs> Hire a new mom. And then you look up one day and you're like, hey, that, that was a good day. And you should celebrate those because they're the ones that carry those weekends like that. They're the ones that carry you through the gutters of parenthood sometimes. So it's such a affirming thing to have it go well. And you're like, all right, okay, we can do this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and like, we had a great time, which like, yeah. I, I feel like it's one of those things of like the, the idea of a fun weekend is the, is the animal house, is the frat house, is the party. Like, we're just going to not do anything and it's going to be great. And like, honestly, we were all kind of exhausted and ready for mom to get home by Sunday. Cause we're just like, Oh, there's trash everywhere. And we need a home cooked meal. And it's like, it just wasn't like that this time. Like Thursday yeah. night, we went to the St. Joe's volleyball game uh, and, and had a blast. You know, Friday they went to school. I pick them up from school. Um, we, we make up, we make a whole plan for me to be like, you know, we have a busy evening. We make a whole plan for me to be the single, the single dad for the evening. Right. Like, uh, we, we come home, we get, we get a little snack. We have to make By the sure way, it probably took you weeks to figure out what you were going to do this weekend. Whereas your wife is like, I do this every day. I love that yeah. you've like planned <laughs> weeks ahead. Well, but I think Taylor, I, I think you're, you're like, you're more confident in your role as a dad. And I think that that comes with time and you trust yourself to be like, not only am I good at this, I love my kids and we're, we're going to have fun this weekend instead of solely relying on someone else for the happiness of your home. Like, I think you grow into yourself as a parent. We did. And like the fun thing is what comes easy to me. Like, that's just kind of who I am and who I am as a dad. No. So the, fun, the, the, the fun part comes easier to me. But so like we did fun stuff. Like we, we ended up going to the foot, you know, Chris had football practice with the football game. I took the girls out to eat while Chris was at football practice. And like, we got him some to go food. Like, you know, we, we there was a plan. There was a plan. Uh, but Saturday we started with fun stuff. Like Chris had his first uh, football scrimmage of the season flag football. He scored a touchdown on his third play ever. Uh, or his third play yes. of, the, of the season. We were super excited. And they, they, they don't play like on a full hundred yards. Right. But it was like, essentially a play from like what would be the 20 yard line. It was like a 60 yard touchdown that he caught and ran. And we were like super That's excited. Um, so like that, like that part, the, the fun part, the sports part I connect with, it was the next few hours that really changed this weekend. Uh, I did, I like ran errands with my kids, which like, I don't, I don't often run errands because that's what Amazon's for. Like errands just aren't a thing as, but like, so I, I have a prime being, membership. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember being a kid and like running errands with my mom was a big part of my childhood. And like, I just don't run errands. With them, you know? like, so, well, my kids tell me that I scam them all the time. Cause I was like, Hey, we're going to run to Sonic. Who wants to go? And they'll get in the car and I'm like, okay, so we also need to swing by HEB and then I have to go to the clean. <laughs> I'm like, you scammed us. You told us that we were getting something to drink. That's how they get you. That's how they get you, kids. I know. Uh, but we did. We ran errands. Like we went from from the football practice. We went to uh, to academy to buy some new chairs because we were all very uh, <laughs> uncomfortable in the like. You, you know. You know what I mean. Like the little chairs. That yeah. You bring no, you like sinking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like and and like. These poor chairs were like, we are 10 years old and we weren't met for fat guys to sit in us then. You know, so don't say that. Nope, don't say that. Nope. <laughs> uh, All right. We so to, you got new chairs. We got spontaneous got probably because you sat in them and you're like, okay, we need new ones. 100%. And then we went, yep. we went, we went to Target because one, one daughter broke the other daughter's slinky, which was like, there was a lot of, uh, 
a special person gave her the slinky. She showed the special. Oh. Like, it was just a special part of our weekend. And then the other daughter accidentally broke it. So we had to go to Target, buy a slinky. We ended up buying a new coffee maker because our coffee maker that we've had, we got it as a wedding gift 11 years ago. And we were making coffee with it almost every day. And it finally went kaput. So we got a new coffee maker. And then, of course, uh, I did the opposite. I told them we were uh, of what you do. I told them we were running errands and then we ended at IHOP. You started at Sonic and then did the errands. I think mine's a little kinder. <laughs> oh, that's what a mom does versus what a dad does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dad, dad's Dads, um, I've I have seen and witnessed that Scott will be like the kids were great this weekend. I'm like, yeah, because you let them eat ice cream at after dinner. <laughs> you like took them to you know fun places, and I was like, I'm literally just trying to move through the week. Like we're just doing the normal stuff. And they're like, Mom just makes us do all the boring stuff. I'm like, Mom makes you do the things that require you to live. Dad, Dad dangles all the fun stuff, but that's why that's why we make a good team. I am fine. I'm just maybe not as fun as dad. <laughs> um, the the most surprising part of the weekend, what like it should have been the errands, but it really wasn't. For whatever reason, I've just been feeling cluttered, like internally and externally. Like things, you know, it was time for spring cleaning, but it's September, you know. Like so, I was like, we need to, we need to clean. So, uh, for the first time ever, and like I've heard my wife try to like like have the kids help out with cleaning, you know, and my role in that is usually. You know, while I'm over here sitting at my desk working or watching TV or whatever, just when I hear her getting frustrated, just be like, "Kids, help your mother!" Like that's kind of like my role in all of that, you know. But right. I've never initiated it. I've never really been a part of it. Uh, but this weekend, I was feeling super cluttered, and for one hour, exactly sixty minutes, because you know we we set we set a timer. Me, I was in charge. I was like a general. And the little frat house turned into a little military operation. And we decluttered the house. We cleaned. We we got like bags of trash thrown away. We we got rid of furniture and put it out on 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 the on the on the lawn or whatever for the for the trash guy to come get it the next morning. Like we did an hour's worth of cleaning for four people. Uh, you know, which were like three of them are small. So like two and a half people, you know. <laughs> but like they were into it. They weren't complaining. I'm like, this is nice. Like we're all just growing. We've, we've never huh? once done chores. We've never done errands and we did both this weekend and it was still a thrilling weekend. We did it. Your wife probably came home and was like, what happened to my husband and where did you put him? Like she yeah. must've been thrilled. Like it must've been amazing. Yeah. I don't think she understands what happened. <laughs> she, she was like, wait, why is there chairs outside? And then she came inside. She's like, huh? And it was actually kind of nice. She, uh, she got home and, and did some cleaning. I, I think she felt like she missed out. You know? <laughs> I was like, I'll do it's my fine. part. We did, we did it. It was just, it was just, it was just very funny. So yeah, we, we had, we had a really good weekend and it was just, I didn't realize how much, like, I think a lot of times I look at other dads and I'm like, like especially like at the things that we were at this weekend. So like St. Joe's football games, uh, kids football games. Uh, and I look at them and they just seem so much more like adult dads than I do, you know? And I was, you know, I was like, I bet they do errands with their kids every week. And I bet they have a spring cleaning every, every once a month. And I'm like, this was, it was just nice. I felt like a real, like a real adult dad this weekend. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Taylor. Look at you Thank all you. growing up on me. I know. I know. Our weekend was totally the opposite. We went to a family wedding and squeezed in a Aggie tailgate and yeah, it was full of life. We're on the other end. And, and now that the kids are like my house, my house needs me to be a responsible adult. But instead I'm like, um, I deep clean every January. Maybe we'll just do it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait till all the kids come home for the holidays and make them all do it. <laughs> actually, that actually that will be the impetus for it. So when Thanksgiving rolls around, I am going to go into a mad like probably four day decluttering cleaning spree and get it all done before they come home. It's fine. It'll get done. Because of this weekend, I've been thinking a lot about change. And then, ironically enough, I was editing a podcast that uh, that talked about change uh way of the heart which is one of the podcasts that i edit uh mr jake kim said this it, this is his quote if you're not changing you're probably not encountering jesus and mm -hmm. i was like dang like that was really good right because i i it, i'm glad i heard it after this weekend because i think i would have taken it uh differently and not as i don't think i would have experienced it as well if i didn't have a positive experience this weekend because yeah. 
I had been, uh, you know, a little down about how, I, you know, like my physical health and my physical well-being. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's not like anybody else is shoving food down my mouth and anybody else is like preventing me from going to the gym. Like that's, that's a failure on my part. Right. So I'm feeling pretty bad about that. Uh, fi- finances haven't been the best. And it's like, you know, nobody else, or I wouldn't say nobody else is spending my money. There's four other people spending my money, but like, you know, like th- those are things that are, that are in my control that have kind of gotten out of control. So I was feeling like I'm changing for the negative in a, in a lot of these scenarios, right. Where like professionally, I think I'm growing and changing for the better. Um, my spiritual life, it kind of depends on the day, but it could be growing for the better or growing for the worse. Um, I feel like, you know, as as like a, a person in the community, I'm growing for the better. So like there's all these kind of avenues. It's like uh, these little aspects of who I am, these these um, uh, I feel like some of them are changing for the better over time and some of them are changing for the worse. And I was kind of at this like. I don't feel like I can handle it all. You know, like I don't feel like I can be changing yeah. for the better in all of these areas. And I feel like I've been yeah. kind of so focused on some areas to improve in that other areas have been lacking. Like just just the most basic example over the last three years is like when COVID hit, we lost a ton of money. So I had to really focus on work. So like, you know, my health and well-being went down. Like that's just a, a, a pretty. But that's laugh. Pretty, that's yeah, laugh. Yeah. Pretty easy cause and effect. Right. Um, but it was really good to have the positive of like, there's some discipline growing in our family. There's some discipline growing. Like I'm growing up as a father. I'm growing up as a husband. Like there's, there are these positive things. Um, so I heard it as, since I heard it after this weekend, I heard it as a positive with a challenge to, you know, like the other aspects of my life that need to change. So like, you know, we're recording this uh, uh, essentially a week after this past weekend. And it's like, I have been more disciplined this week in my eating habits and in my, uh, my physical well-being and those sorts of things, right? Uh, like, but it kind of feels like to the detriment of like my predict- productivity at work, right? So it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding this balance of like, you know, I think I want to be, and I think we all have the desire to be changing for the better in every area of life. And I want to be changing, but I'm wondering is it's like, if, am I not encountering Jesus in, in the areas where I'm not improving? And I think that's probably the case. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, but I'm also thinking of, so I'm going to turn it a little bit. So medically speaking, so when our preemie was in the neonatal intensive care unit, there were things that he would improve in, but there were other things that would stay stable. In other words, your body tends to protect your major organs first. And so like when you're fighting something really hard, you're not also trying to like learn how to crawl because you're trying to figure out how to eat. right? Right. And so you sort of, I think our bodies focus on the things that are most, most important, most critical first, and then we move out from there. And so as his health improved, then we started working about, you know, fine motor skills and gross motor skills and, but we needed him to gain weight and eat. Right. So those were the critical things. So I wish I think that was my extra- problem. <laughs> well, trust me. Uh, there's so many times that I'm like, can I just donate some of my weight to you, Luke? Because yeah, exactly. I am happy to be a weight donor here. Um, a fat donor. I don't know what you would call it, but, um, <laughs> But I, I I see a lot of similarities in that particular scenario also in my own life. Like what what is most harmful or what is most critical in my life that needs to change now? And then we sort of move out from there knowing that you can't, I mean, you can tackle all the things that need to be changed at the same time, but then you don't ever really make forward progress. So I think that sometimes you start like, maybe it's your prayer life, right? Like you start to instill healthy habits there. And then and then it becomes an everyday thing. Like, all right, we have that down. Now we're going to move to the next thing, whether it's your physical health or how you eat or your relationships. And so I think that's where we have to extend people grace, right? Because we don't know what they're working on improving. So like if they say something, we're like, you're such a jerk. Can't believe that you're so bad at relationships. Well, but maybe they are getting their physical lives in order, or maybe they are going to mass every day and then they're going to move to the next thing. So I think it begs the question, like how, what are we working on and how can we pace ourselves to not feel like we just need to burn it all down, but let's start with do the next right thing and let's just focus on this today. But then how are we extending grace to other people who definitely we all have room to grow and change. And and I've heard the same quote. It's like, um, if you're not changing, you're dying. Basically, like you need to, if you're living, then you're changing every, every day, every week, every month. So I don't know. I guess I kind of look at those in two different perspectives that don't be too hard on yourself that, that you're low in some areas and high in other areas because 
you're you're developing healthy habits in the areas that need to be fixed right now. And then when you get those settled, then you'll move to the next thing. At least that's what I mean. In a perfect world, Taylor, that's what I tell myself. But in a realistic world, I get super frustrated that I can't fix all the things right now. Right. So I hear yeah. you. So it's just been an interesting week. It's just it's just like not everything's bad, not everything's good, but it's just like depending on the moment, I'm thinking about the things that are going well and the things that things that aren't. So uh, we'll end with a funny re- way that I haven't changed and I don't think I'll ever change. And I and I, th- I think I learned that this week. I learned that I haven't changed and I learned that I'll never change. Um, we started, uh, my wife and I started playing in a co-ed softball league. We've never done anything like this before. She's ne- she's She was never really a big athlete. Like, sports is a big part of our life. Like, you know, you, like you guys travel and watch, you know, they're big Aggie fans and that sort of thing. But, like, we watch sports together as a couple. And, like, when we first started dating, it's one of the things that I liked about her. I was like, oh, look. Like, I, I think I've told the story before. One of our first dates, uh, we were long distance. And uh, we, we came together for a date. And we were going to Chili's. So you know how they have, like, the little bar area in Chili's? They were seating us in the bar area. And I, you know, I was like, no, I, I, I told the hostess lady, I was like, no, we, we need to go sit over here. Like, I haven't talked to her in a while. Like, you know, we need to focus. And my wife's like, no, let's go over here. The game's on. I'm like, I'm going to marry her. You know, like it's sports has always been like a Done. big part of our, of our lives together. But we've never played anything together. Uh, so we had our first two games this past Monday. And like, you know, me being the former athlete, like I, I was pretty good. And it was, this was my wife's first time ever playing softball. And she did really good for it being her, her first night, right? Um, but here's how I'll never change. I'm incredibly competitive, and it's never going to die. Uh, I was playing shortstop. Uh, the first game, we won like 20 to 3, and I like I didn't get out until my last at bat. I was so mad. I was batting 1,000, and then I got out on the last one. I was so, I was so angry. Uh, but the, the last game, the second game, it got to be very, very close. And like we were up by like four or five runs going into the last inning and they have one last chance. The other team has one last chance to score, you know, to win the game. Right. As so there's one out and I'm playing shortstop. There's this little blooper. There's a guy on third. There's oh, this little no. blooper into the outfield. And, you know, I used to be a sprinter, so I know how to run. It's just, you know, the frame's a little bit bigger than it was back then. But like. I, I'm I'm going for it, right? Especially at this point in the game, right? If it would have been the first inning with no outs, I probably wouldn't have done what I did. But with game on the line, one out, guy on third. Competitive I, Taylor came out. Oh, sprinting. And I, like... Okay, I this probably, is probably going to end badly. I probably looked like... I, I probably looked very unathletic, but I felt incredibly athletic. I made I, I, full sprint. It's like, the, it's like those memes. Like, this is what I feel like I look like. This is what I actually look like. Yeah, like, I felt like Willie Mays. I probably looked like a woolly mammoth, you know? like So I'm, I'm sprinting out into center field, and I make this, like, over-the-head catch, right? So I get the out. So now there's two outs. But then the guy... Incredible catch, right? So I plant... I make the catch and I go to try to throw the guy out at home because I know he's tagging up for the first time in my life. I've played sports my entire life. I have never hurt my knee and I twisted my knee as I'm throwing this, this ball. So I make this incredible catch because of my competitiveness, competitiveness, I do the, the right thing. And then because of my competitiveness, competitiveness immediately twist my knee. And I like, I tell you when I went down, Catherine, I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to get up. I was like, I've oh, seen enough ACL no. tears. I've seen enough. I was like, I don't know if I can walk. So I, I, I hit the ground. I'm pounding the ground. I'm throwing my glove on the ground. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in pain. Like it, it's, yeah. it was, it was a lot of pain and, uh, ended up being able to, I was like, okay, I'm in a lot of pain, but I need to stand up. I stand up. I'm like, okay, I can put weight on it. Like it's not a torn ACL. That's what I was really worried about. Right. So then I, I'm walking, I, we, you know, we take a little break cause clearly I'm in pain. Uh, I walk it off and of course. You know, who do you think the last ball was hit to for the last out? Of course it was me. I make the last out on a hobbled knee. Like, I'm I'm, I'm on top of the world until, you know, I have to walk back to the dugout. I can't, until I barely... now you're all bundled up with your knee. <laughs> but um, we won the game. We did. We won the game. And it's so funny because I, I, I've told the story to a couple of people. Uh, one of my other friends, former athlete, I was telling him, and he's like, you know, there's not a trophy at the end. I'm like, actually, there is a trophy at the end. He said, you know, you're not who you're used to be. And I said, I know, but I'm still playing. Like, I can't pull back. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. Uh, so it's just, it's just really funny how, like, you know, in some ways I've changed, but in some ways I definitely haven't. And I don't think that's an area that I ever will. So uh, here I am, probably with a, a, a 
I have a sprained knee, probably sprained meniscus, sprained ACL. Uh, guess who will be playing softball on Monday? <laughs> Taylor. My gosh. As not your mom, but as a as a female figure in your life, that's a terrible idea. Okay, such a bad idea. There's, but you, there's part of me that says I might not play Monday. Um, I couldn't walk at all Monday. I could barely walk Tuesday. Taylor, come uh, on, man! Like, get the sign and be the cheerleader. Okay, like be that guy in the stands. Uh, we'll see. Can you be the we'll coach? See. Uh, Can you be so like the first base coach or something? That, that That's the other option. It's like, we're going no matter what. Cause like my wife's fine and my wife's going to play. And it, it was a family thing. The kids had a great time. Like sure. it was such an eventful day. So uh, the irony is <laughs> I was not the person that got hurt the worst. We had an ambulance come to the field because uh, one of our teammates, uh, she had surgery a year before on her ankles. And I think she tore her ankle up again. Uh, so like, yeah. So uh, she also has the same problem you have. One hundred percent. One hundred. She's she is within a year of me. We we we're like the same person. You know, her her name could be Taylor as well. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're very very similar. Uh, but you know, there there was there was softball. There was uh, ambulance. It was it was great. We had we had a good little evening. But this um, sounds like quite the weekend, Taylor. Oh, we had so much fun. We had so much fun. And every day I'm getting a little bit better. Every day I'm icing. I'm taking ice baths. I'm icing my knee uh, like I'm in the NFL getting ready for game day. <laughs> but instead, you're just getting ready for the softball league. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm going to play. If I end up not playing, I'll probably be the third base coach. Uh, but then also just how subs work. So like, you know, in, in regular baseball, if you sub somebody out, like they're done for the day. But like. In this league, you're tied. You can you can be tied to a person. So like I can be tied, you know, like like linked to another guy, and I could bat for him. He could bat for me. I could field for him. He could field for me. We can go back and forth. So I might do that and like have him play in the field and like only hit if we're down by five or whatever. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah. so uh, my theme for the week is there's a lot of change that needs to happen in a lot of the negative areas of my life and there's some areas that i will never change and i refuse to <laughs> that's fair so as this comes out this is coming out after that game so if i have a torn acl at this moment you all win <laughs> and i'm gonna go ahead and say right now i told you so how about yeah, exactly. you can just make that the clip <laughs> exactly that's it it's just a minute of you saying i told you so i, I told, told you, you so, so. I, I told you so i told you so i told you so <laughs> All right. Well, uh, don't go anywhere. Whenever we come back, we're going to change topics. You like that? I hated it so much, uh, <laughs> but it's all I can think of. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> I'm so excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on Forte Catholic, our friends over at Monk's Bread. It sounds exactly what you think it is. It's Monk's that make bread and it tastes tremendous. And if you buy it, not only are you going to be, uh, I mean, bread's honestly the best. I mean, look at me. I love bread. It's incredible. And, but not only can you enjoy the taste of these wonderful breads, but you can be supporting the monks in their ministry as well. You can try out their raisin cinnamon, maple cinnamon, seasoned pumpkin spice bread, all delicious treats for the whole family. It's made fresh in their Western New York bakery by Catholic monks. Monks bread comes in eight delicious varieties and ships right to your door. They do more than just bread too. enjoy famous biscotti, fruitcake jams, and more. Every sale of this delicious monastery prepared product helps to support the monks of the abbey uh, of the genesis 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 and we're just going to put an uh, accent on it so i can't be wrong in their ministry and prayer of in hospitality uh this is a great thing i love the bread i love that these monks are making bread in a monastery like do the calories even count if you're making bread in a monastery so if you want to buy some yourself go to monksbread.com uh use the code forte 23 at checkout to save 10 percent on your entire order again that's monksbread.com use code forte 23 all the links are in the description Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Catherine Whitaker. I saw something at the, the football game that we mentioned that I, that I, or I guess not the football game, one of the many football games that we went to this weekend. Uh, but we went to a high school football game and uh, I hated what I saw at the end of the game. Like genuinely was angry at what I saw at the end of the game. So we go to the game. It's a close game. And uh, you know, we play we play six man football, so it's a uh, high octane, lots of scoring. 
you know, kind of a big deal. But because it's high octane, a lot of scoring, and our team is good, a lot of times we there's a mercy rule. If you're up by 45 by halftime or later, right. the game's over. Right. So a lot of our games are halftime games because we're pretty good, and we're usually up by 45 to 80 by halftime, you know. Uh, but we knew that this game, I asked the boys the, the day before we went to the volleyball game, I was like, are y'all going to keep my kids up till 11 o'clock on Friday night again? Or are we going to be able to go home at nine like we're used to, you know? Uh, and they're like, no, they're going to be up late again because we knew it was going to be a close game. So hard fought game. Like when we arrived, you know, it, our team was down by seven, uh, by halftime we were, you know, it was, it was a one score game and then it was a one score game all the way through the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, our team just ran away with it. Just absolutely. We ended up winning by like 20 or something like that. Like, it, you know, it was, it was, it was a great evening, great win. And so I'm there with like, we're there with our community, like our people, right? Like the, the, the parent, like th these are the people that we've spent the last eight years with. I've coached, you know, a third of the kids that are sitting in the stands, you know, a lot of them are graduating. They come back. And so I'm standing with two of the girls that I coached, two of the girls that were on our state championship team last year. I'm standing with them. We're, we're talking a little bit after the game, like while we're waiting for the boys. So like, you know, game ends, they go shake hands. They all, you know, but we're a Catholic school. So we always pray together um, at, at the middle and then coach talks to them. And then the boys come up to the stands and we'd sing the fight song. Right. So it's like in that middling thing, like we've won the game. I'm going down, talking to the girls while all that other stuff is happening. Right. And then while we're singing our fight song, like we stop talking because we hear the fight song starting and we're, you know, we're all going to sing the fight song while that's going on. We see the other team and the, the coach is making the other team run wind sprints after the game. So that they've just played for three hours. Clearly he was upset with how they played. Like as a coach, I can understand being upset with how sure. they played. Right. And like, I've been punished with running too, just not after a game during the other team's fight song that they're playing because they just won. And now he's making them do wind sprints in front of the entire opposing team, the entire opposing fans. I, it bugged me. And so after the, after the fight song, I, I looked to the girls. I'm like, was that weird for y'all? They're like, yeah, that was super strange. And I was like, uh, and these are girls that I've, I've known for years and I'll, and I've coached them. I'm like, I have made y'all mad. I said, I hope I've never shamed y'all like that. And they said, no, like they laughed. They're like, absolutely not. Like I've never come close to shaming them like that. And it bothered me to know it. I was so angry that a coach would publicly shame his players in front of the other team. When like you could get the same exact point across on Monday where like, you know, half of Monday's practice is running because I didn't think I'll give enough effort. Like whatever his reasoning was, right? I probably agree with his reasoning. You didn't play well. You played undisciplined, whatever. So you're going to run. But we always did it Saturday morning or Monday or Monday at practice as our punishment. I was so mad. So mad. So that, that's that's where I'm coming from. Uh, initial thoughts to hearing this ridiculous story. I'm ha I have to take a minute because shame makes me really hot under the collar. Thank you. Thank um, you. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, I, as a matter of fact, there was a situation last night and someone with a microphone said something that was very shameful towards women. And everyone else in the room laughed. I don't want to say everyone. A lot of the people in the room laughed and I'm trying to figure out, was it, you know, sometimes when someone says or does something, you, you laugh nervously because you're so shocked that you don't know how to react. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I at said, the situation, not what was said. Right. Yeah. yeah. I sat stone faced like I, and, and for the rest of the evening, I like the wall went up. I was like, that was a horrible thing for them to do. And the entire 45 minutes, Taylor, I sat there and thought to myself, do I say something? Do I go up to this person and say, that was a horrible thing that you did? It was not okay. You are in a position of authority. You should never have said that, especially in a microphone. And then I, but then I was like, well, then, but then do I admonish every other person in the room that laughed about that? Because right. it offended me greatly. So I just ultimately, I'll give you the fast forward. Ultimately, I decided not to say anything because I wasn't in a relationship with this particular person. Like, I felt like if I said something, it wouldn't be received and therefore not, I, I guess, fully addressed. So I instead, I came home and I, well, I vented to my husband and then I came home and I prayed, Jesus, please let there be an intercessor to have someone walk into this person's life and say something because that's not okay. 
but I get very angry, especially Taylor, when we shame children or teenagers, especially teenagers. That I am a I'm an opinionated person. Maybe your listeners don't know that. (laughs) Um, But I will say that I have tempered my opinions with with age and wisdom of when to speak up and when not to. But when you go after a high school kid, I think it's the mom in me, but I will I have I as a matter of fact, we had a situation at our high school last year and I went full on mama bear mode and I went in and I was like, you they were shaming our girls. It was a horrible situation. It should have never happened. It did. I learned a lot about myself that sometimes I get really passionate about stuff. But when it's kids and can we talk about how we do that in the church? Like we shame people in our own church, you know, and in, in the way in our language and the way that we talk about people who believe differently than us. And I'm like, that is not okay. I remember as a high school kid, I mean, as a college kid, I went to um, a Protestant church with my, and I was Protestant at the time with my college roommates and the pastor was shaming the Catholic church. And I was dating my husband who was Catholic, but I wasn't Catholic yet. And I remember being so angry that someone would throw shade to a church, like a fellow, you know, worker in the vineyard. Why are we doing that? And so it just makes me so, mm, I probably shouldn't keep talking, but it makes me very angry. So I understand your anger. And I probably, you're probably like, wow, I haven't seen this side of Catherine. I probably would have been sitting in the stands being like, who do we know? that can go talk to that coach because that is not okay. And I would probably be talking about it for a week. That would yeah. be me. I'm right there with you. It, it, it is really funny because uh, my own, like on a meta level, I was like, man, I just went on a rant. and I, I just kind of left it for Catherine. I hope she can pick this up. And you picked it up and just absolutely, I was like, I was so angry. I couldn't even like ask you a question to like further conversation. And you just picked it up and ran. So the longer you talk, the bigger my smile got. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I took the proverbial baton and kept running. <laughs> you sure did. You sure did. And like, so my my first reaction, well, my first reaction was anger. My second, re- my second reaction was to ask these two girls that I have built up trust with, that I have built up relationships with, and I, I said, did, "Have I, I, I done that? I need y'all to tell me if I've done this before. Yeah. I need you to, yep. because there's a lot but of Taylor, things. There's, can there's we a lot go of back to in the- my life." But I'd say, no, I was going to say, go back to the change. Like, would you, Taylor, have done that five years ago, 10 years ago? Like, when you talk about change, like when you're open to receiving, like, man, I'm going to ask this question, but I really want to know the answer because I want to do better. I think that that instigates, I think that that should be a a telltale sign for you that you have changed. Yeah. And I I think, I think it, I think you're right. And I think a lot of it is because, uh, maybe growth, but also just like, I've just built relationship with these two girls in particular. Like I, like I I felt like I could ask them and they could answer me honestly, you know? And like the, the, the ridiculous, like they, they thought the question was ridiculous because I haven't gotten close to it. Right. Which was, uh, and I don't say that to brag because of what I'm about to say. Typically the things that make me angry like that, like the, the, the anger that welled up in me, Typically, it's stuff that I don't like about myself. So, like, I, typically, sure. it's when I see somebody being prideful. Like, I like I don't do it day in and day out, right? Or, or I see somebody, uh, you know, saying a uh, a hurtful comment on accident, like you know, like we joked about earlier, you know, trying to compliment somebody but instead calling them old. Like, I like those are the kind of things that like I can get angry at, but I. But I also really can't because I do it all the time, right? Like it's a it's a flaw that I see in them because it's a flaw in me. It's the whole like you know I'm seeing the the little fleck in their eye because I have a plank in mine. Like like, but in this case, it it just felt different, right? Because like a lot of times when I see somebody you know saying an offhand comment that is hurtful, it's like okay, I can be mad at it, but I think I'm also mad that I know that this is how I've made people feel, right? You know what I mean? Like th- th- there, I- it's a it's a different kind of anger or frustration. But with this one, I was just, it, it felt more like a righteous anger, right? Because the other one's kind of an unrighteous anger of like, well, you know, I'm pointing the finger while, you know, three are pointing wow. back at me or whatever. Right. But with this one, I was just, I was just so mad. And, um, it was just really good to have those, those, those girls there for, for them to be upset by it too, before I even asked them anything to have that conversation. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't think it was funny where, uh, I did it on purpose. You did it by accident, but we're like, yeah, we're not going to address the person. We'll just come talk about it on a podcast. So that was a conscious decision for me. <laughs> well, um, I, I'll tell you Taylor for 45 minutes. Okay. 
I did. I thought about saying something and I didn't. And I thought all night long, should I? Did I fail as a Christian in that moment? Should I have said something? Should I have stood up? And I think maybe in my age, I'm learning that just because something is unjust doesn't mean that I have to speak up every time in the sense that like, right. it's hard, Taylor, because we want to write the injustices. But then, but then, like you said, I look back at my life and I'm like, well, I messed up there and I said this one I shouldn't have. And I did that to that person and we are all fallible. So it's this, it's this balance of recognizing the injustice, recognizing it in yourself, and then giving people the grace to change. But it is really difficult. And, and maybe, maybe the lesson there though, Taylor, is that you had these girls who witnessed something that they knew was unjust and it made them, you know, think about in their own life. And, and you too, like, man, that's what that looks like. That's how ugly that is. I hope, I hope I remember that ugliness. So the next time that I am tempted to do X, Y, and Z, I will come back to this moment and remember how ugly it was and we'll, and we'll do better. And, you know, you hope the same for that coach too. So maybe that was the lesson there is that, that the ugliness was, was very apparent and that you could remember that so that you do better the next time. It, after the anger went away, it was like, shame is something that um like you already mentioned one of the ones that it bothers me too like i hate when protestants bash catholics i hate when catholics bash protestants like it's just like when there's a shame aspect right like having a fun conversation that's one thing right but or different difference of opinion but when you when you throw them under the bus or shame them i have no tolerance for that right it's like the difference between okay you know uh it's the difference between punishing the team with running on Monday and punishing them in front of everybody on Friday. Like there's, there's some, there's some public things that need to happen and some private things sure. that need to happen. Right. Sure. Um, but shame has, I, I, I dealt with shame a lot uh, when I was a teenager with my sin, where it's like, I thought because of my sin, like I, I felt shameful almost all the time for my sin. And as an adult, I've almost like because of a lot of healing and a lot of like understanding of Christianity, uh, there's a lot less shame in my life about my sin. Now, I, I at times I might I might go too far uh, and be like, oh, you know, because the opposite of like the thing that took away shame was Jesus Christ dying for us on the cross. Like he took our sin and shame, literally our shame. He took the shame too. we talk all, a lot of time about the sin. Like, yes, we all know Like every single one of our sins helped nail Jesus on the cross. Like all of our sins were nailed on the cross uh, in Jesus with Jesus, right? But he also took our shame. Like he's the one that was publicly shamed, which is like what we're talking about, what happened Friday night. He was publicly shamed in a much worse way, obviously, but he was publicly shamed, nailed to a cross, naked in front of everybody. And it said, King of the Jews on top of his head. Like that's shame. Right. And I'm just as mad that that happened. <laughs> you know, like, obviously, you know, in God's divine wisdom, he he knew this was going to happen. But like people were mocking and ridiculing him walking by. Mm-hmm. And like that makes me angry. Right. But yeah. th- the idea that I would continue to shame myself and I see so many good Christians, so many good Catholics still feeling so much shame about their sin. Right. Where where the healthier thing is conviction. Where it's like, where I can look at the cross and not see shame, but see, I, I want to do better. I want to do better. Acknowledging that I'm a sinner, but not like staying there. And I feel like so much of my like young Christianity was like, I can't, I can't pray. I can't be a good person of God because I do th- these eight sins every single week or whatever. Right. Uh, and I've moved. I, I, I've just moved past it. So it, it sucks when, it, when I see it come back up and rear its ugly head of like just feeling so bad about you know, other people making people feel bad about themselves or like when it does well up in me of like there's just no room for shame within Christianity. We have to move forward from it. I wish that the church would quit using shame as a conversion tactic. It's not helpful. It doesn't build people up in the kingdom. If God died on the cross for our shame and our sin, then why are we using that as a weapon? It really, Taylor, there are a lot of moments that I have been either in ministry or I've seen us, particularly, and we work with high school kids a lot. And when we, 
we shame a behavior, but then we're like, but I mean, if you just change it, you know, then God's going to make it better. And I'm like, how is that helping our kids see, you know, the Imago day of their personhood? It's not. And instead, there are so many other ways that we can show people the beauty of the church and the beauty of our faith. And I get very angry when that's the, it almost feels like when people start cussing and I'm like, don't you have better words? Like (laughs) God gave us all these words. I mean, sometimes there's a well-placed cuss word and it's very helpful. But what I'm saying is, is that when you, when that's your go-to of how you're going to convert people, I'm like, man, I think you're doing it wrong. Like it's not, it's not helpful. It's hurtful and it's more damaging and it can take a long time to come out of that damage. So not a fan of the shame at all. And I, and I know that I have done it and, and I think it makes me, I mean, very reflective. When we walked the uh, Via Dolorosa and Israel back in March during the Holy Land trip, and I, and I was thinking of how they were mocking Jesus as he was carrying his cross. And I thought, but that was, that was me. I mean, that is me on many days. And you talk about a humbling and deeply spiritual experience. I don't think that I have ever looked at shame. Maybe that's why I'm so passionate now. I don't think I have ever looked at shame the same way since then, because it felt very palpable and real. And I was like, so this is what it feels like. And it was powerful. I was, I just don't see like with with that coach, I I don't see how he ever earns trust back from the, from that team. Maybe, maybe the team is all great kids and they'll forgive him. and, And before I just, and there's just that trust factor, right? And I, I look at, um, like one one of the one of my favorite lines to share when I go give talks is 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 one of my favorite lines. Period, because it's what was said to me. And I think for so long, I um, I was trying to earn God's love despite my shame or to get out of my shame. It's like once I got out of my shame, then God would love me, right? And it was just uh-huh. this this realization of that, like Jesus, you know, it's, it's literally in the scripture just never hit me like it should have, but it was like, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like, you know, God demonstrates his love that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like he, he shows that he loves us in our sin and our shame by sending his son to die for us. Like, so it's not like God loves me. And when I'm being a perfect dad or a perfect coach or a perfect Catholic, like he loves me when I've done the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Like in that moment, Jesus is like, I love you. And and like, it's not, and it's not just this, this thing, this mental thing or this, um, this fake thing. It's this, it's a real thing where he said, no, I'm going to prove that I love you in your worst moments and in your worst characteristics and your worst qualities and and in your worst sin by literally coming to do the main thing that I'm known for doing coming down to earth and dying for you. Like, like, um, so there's just, there's just not any room for this shame. So if, 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 if when I'm feeling shame or if anybody's feeling shame, it's recognizing that God loves you even in that moment, even in the moment while you, the reason you are feeling shame, God loves you there. You're being harder on yourself than God is. Right. And the, the whole idea is to take that, that, um, the impetus for the shame or the guilt, right. And, and to move forward. Like if it's guilt over something that you've done, like, going to the confessional saying sorry and, and moving forward right if it's shame from 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 the outside from what somebody else has done for you it's like just because that person didn't love you and wanted to shame you doesn't mean that everybody else does and doesn't mean that that god does right so yeah. man i just got so fired i just get so fired up about it because it bothers me it bothers yeah. me because like it's like i've been there but at the same time i, I haven't it's, it's just this weird conglomeration of of, of uh, thoughts and emotions or when people use shame, Taylor, and then and they say that in the name of quote unquote telling the truth. I'm gonna share the truth and I'm like, I think you're doing I don't think that means what you think it means. Like right. I don't think that that's how God was asking us to share the gospel message was to shame people. But I think I think to your point, Taylor, I think he loves us even more when we recognize our shame than when we are out of it. I'm no theologian. But I know that when you are at your most broken, your most vulnerable, at least in my case, that's when I have felt closest to God because I was like, man, if you can love me here, then I know that you can love best day, Catherine. Right, but right, on right, my right. worst day, it's speaking of best days and worst days, but 
if you can love me here, then, then you must really love me. And those are the moments that I have felt his love so deeply that I'm like, I can't even, you know, why am I crying on your podcast, Taylor? Um, I, I can't even, on, <laughs> on some days, like I, I'm I can't even. I'm just it's look. not my fault. <laughs> it is your fault. You brought up shame. Um, but when you look in the mirror and you think, I don't know if I love myself. Um, when a church has people in it that have used shame as a tactic, it's really difficult to believe that God loves you and that in that reflection and looking back. So I think we as a church have to do better of showing people that um, that their shame is not their personhood. It's not who they are. And that that God deeply desires, you know, to love them on their darkest day. And not because he will love us even more when we come out of our darkest day, but he loves us just as much there as he does on our best. So I didn't mean to tear up. Sorry, that was emotional. Oh, I didn't mean okay. for that to be. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it's who we are. You're, you're getting emotional after being fiery. That's fine. I got fiery and now I like I feel lighter. So I just pictured, you know, you said staring in the mirror and I just pictured Mulan immediately. Who is that girl I see staring straight? I was hoping you were going to sing on the podcast today. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to cry. I thought it was going to be in the intro, not here. <laughs> well, I did it on the outro, I guess. Um, couple of scriptures, just, just, uh, things that were popping up to me. And I'm like, I had to be like, am I crazy? Like, you know, like, like I was so bad about it. I had to be, I, I like, I was like, I needed some kind of basis for why I'm thinking this. Right. And, uh, Romans eight says there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Right. So like if somebody is condemning you, if whether it's, whether it's internal or whether like you're saying it's from the outside from the church some from from an outside source if there's condemnation from coming that's another person's job not jesus's that's satan's job to to condemn to critique and all, and all of these things right um in uh hebrews chapter 12 uh says, uh, let us rid rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of our faith. And here's the line. For the sake of the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God, right? So we talked earlier about how like Jesus was shamed on the cross. It was a shameful thing that happened, but it says here, that he despised the shame of the cross and how he actively despised the shaming of the cross is by not letting it kill him. (laughs) Three days later, he rose again, right? And that's the whole whole idea, right? Like our sin has been crucified with Christ and therefore we get to rise again, right? So we don't have to go through the shame. Um, If we do go through shame from the outside, he despises it too. And he went and died for that on the cross as well. Like the the shame that we're feeling and frankly, for the people that are making us feel shameful too, right? Like that's the part that we don't like to hear, but but it's true, right? But like he despises shame as well. And and he so much so that he broke all of the laws of reality and, and went died, went down to hell, defeated sin and defeated shame by coming back again and being like, you can't touch me. Like you can't, you, uh, I guess you're, if you're Thomas, you can, you can put your fingers in his side, but like, you can't touch this, right? Like, uh, so there's just so much victory and, 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 and winning and like, it literally says joy, right? Like I, I thought that was so interesting that it, for the sake of the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, right? So like when we're enduring the cross, why are we enduring the cross? For the sake of the joy that is that is before us, right? For the sake of uniting our sufferings with Christ, for the sake of uh, rising with him again, eventually in heaven, but like also having like the joy of the resurrection here after we feel uh, the, the death, the destruction, the sin, the shame. Um, I'm just really happy that Jesus exists. That's, 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 that's where I'm sitting today. <laughs> As my nine-year-old says, same. Same. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Well, uh, I think that's our show today. I did not plan on you crying today. This was great. I didn't plan on crying either. I'm glad <laughs> I have waterproof mascara. So me too. Same, same. Aren't same, you? Same, same. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> 
but I, I, I think the coolest part of today's episode was just the I set you up so terribly. I'm a professional podcast. I set you up so terribly after my fiery rant and you just took it up. I was like, that's this is the best. You're the best. This is great. I, I really oh, appreciate thanks, it. This David. was fun. Thanks for a great episode. It was fun. Uh, could have started better, but we ended pretty well. <laughs> We're all right now. <laughs> all right. Well, I am Taylor Schroll. I'll be back next week. That's Catherine Whitaker. She'll be back in a month. See ya. Thank you guys for watching and listening today. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. If you did, you know what to do. Hit subscribe, leave a comment. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a review, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. We have not gotten a new Apple review in a while, and we would love to. Uh, we, we might even read your uh, review right here on the show. Leave us those five stars. It really, really does help. Uh, we will be back next week. Hit subscribe so that you do not ever miss a single thing. We love you, and we'll see you soon. Bye.